Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Gays, gay, gay. <laughs> Should we start over? <laughs> no, we're, no, we don't start. We only cut slurs. That's the only time we ever cut anything. Hey, private information, gays. private information about who we are outside of this, uh, outside of this, and um, and if we're in the people we have sex with. That's it. That's the only time we ever cut anything. Nope. We are. We've always been, I think, one of the more aggressive, might I add, pro LGBTQ uh, baseball podcasts out there. <laughs> I think we might be the only one, to be fair. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. What's up? A- What's up, my gays? How about them? <laughs> how about the New York Rangers canceling the pride warmups on their players? Right? Isn't that f- you- fucked up? Oh, is that what everybody's talking about? Because I saw somebody like tweeting about they should cancel police night that's upcoming or something. Is yeah. that what this is all about? Gotcha. So, um, I, this from what I read yesterday, I have not checked up on it. But the Rangers were going to wear like uh, pride uniforms for their warm ups and have like rainbow uh, tape sticks. You know, just, you know, you can look at it as like, you know, oh, typical rainbow capitalism. At the same time, it's representation. That's good. I always look at pride nights as a good thing. And especially when players say they like him, like Liam Hendricks. He's a dog. That's why he loves our pod, bro. Liam, you know, we, we, you're, you're a boy. Anyway, but um, they, they did everything like, you know, we have like, uh, you know, pride on the Jumbotron, pride cups, shit like that. But they didn't have the players come out wearing it. So it's probably because they have a player that's like pretty, uh, pretty not – uh, into the idea of uh, equal rights or some shit. Like, the Flyers had, like, a guy that was pretty vocal about it um, that didn't participate in one of their Pride events. But uh, to the Flyers' credit, they threw him they threw him under the bus. Like, yeah, it was this fucking guy. He didn't want to do it because it conflicted with, like, his, like... I think he... Uh, I'll need to check up on it. With this, his small like, brain, it conflicted with his yeah. half a brain that he has. It's his Eastern Orthodox, uh, Christian Eastern, Eastern Orthodoxy, because he's Russian. And uh, um, li- listen, you know, I believe that uh, I don't actually I don't believe you should be respectful to everyone, but I do believe you should be respectful to 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 people who are right and valid. And if it comes down to uh, two things here, one thing which is uh, 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 completely real, uh, and one thing that's complete bullshit, then uh, I think you go with the real thing. Now, our conservative listeners, don't listen to the next 15 seconds. The bullshit thing is religion. <laughs> the real thing is queer people, okay? So, um, yeah. 
he got he got flamed on that, and the Rangers are getting flamed on it as well as you know they should as they they should get flamed on hardcore for that. That's mm. hockey news. We're a hockey podcast now. Hockey gay rights podcast. That's yeah, man. Yeah, I kind of liked uh, I kind of liked me and uh, Ryan's uh, Elaine and Kramer episode when we were a basketball podcast for a while. That was that fun. was pretty adorable. Um, it was a good time. Yeah, yeah. I like to play that episode when I want to go to sleep. It's really good. So. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, we have an interview that we're going to play at the end with uh, St. Louis comedian Ella Fritz. She has a special coming out in March. Um, she's really cool. Um, I, I've known Ella's been in the comedy scene her, um, her entire 20s, that's for sure. Um, so um, I think... Ryan, you may or may not have been involved with that scene or known about the scene. You may or may not know Ella, but um, was she was she doing it when you did allegedly? You started. Um, she may she may or may not have been doing it at the same time that I did or did not. Okay, so also before do me, what she yeah. does. So before me, um, we don't know what Ryan. We talked. Ryan would only go and watch. He didn't participate. Not easy to find. Um, so, okay, yeah, Ella's been doing it then. When I did comedy mm. was 2016, and then I stopped, like, what, 2021? So, yeah, it's, it's been doing it seven fucking years. Anyway, she's got her first special. Uh, I think we should write together. So we'll air that interview at the end. We'll have a short one here. Uh, please stick around. You guys will love the interview. Um it's kind of a good. I think it's a good formula to do, especially off season. We should have more guests on. One, I think it helps our numbers. Two, I, I think we've got a good vibe going um, uh, lately. I think we've really kind of been pretty good. Um, oh yeah. In terms of our uh, our level of comfort, and I know Nick's not on this one again. He's got some family things uh, pertaining to. He's our he's our sweet little Italian boy. He did give us his top ten list. We had to edit it down uh, quite a bit. Um, yeah. Uh, what? What's the? What? What leapt out to you guys on his list, guys? That was pretty. Well, you want to do it? His ten, like just. Uh, yeah, we're doing top ten. Down real quick. Top ten catchers today, and. Uh, um, I could read it. I'll, I'll read it out if you want to get. That out. Um, yeah. Well, you have to be. You have to be in character as Nick. So this stupid fucking fuck. Uh, am I? <laughs> no, just say that a bunch of time, and I'll I'll put some bleeps in. Is what I'll do. <laughs> um, his list is Jacob Stallings. Um, honorable mention. Another honorable mention is. Salvi Perez, Nick, Sean Murphy. Nick loves Salvi. I was kind of taken aback by that. He has JT Real Muto as an honorable mention. That is um, fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah. That little and, uh, shit. And then uh, Gabriel Moreno. So. Yeah. yeah, I'm surprised. He, actually, he this this is probably his worst list. And... Um, you know. I, I think, I mean, I know from us texting back and forth, he probably put Sean Murphy as an honorable just to be like, I fucking hate this guy. I'm glad we didn't get him. So that's, imagine. I still don't understand the Sean Murphy hate. Why? Why do we want Wilson over Sean Murphy? A clearly more complete player. 
Yeah, I mean younger. Uh, I mean, defense is going to become less poignant at that position. It is. Wilson's a better hitter, but I mean, we win either or. Um, yeah. I. I just, I, I, I just think getting Sean Murphy would have helped us get someone else this picked, season. And he, he picked Gabriel Marino, and is Marino still with the Blue Jays? No, he's in. Uh, he was the Var Show trade. Okay. So he's in um, Arizona. Okay, so this is his equivalent of his Adley Rutschman from last year. That's what he's doing. Okay. Okay. Um, okay, I can respect that more. What the fuck is the JT Real Muto thing, though? He was Just, easily the best catcher last season. <laughs> like, I get it. Guys have off years, but JT is easily <laughs> top ten. JT Real Muto is top three, in my opinion. Oh yeah. Yes. So he's okay. top three for me. He's he's been the best catcher what the last five years. He's like, amazing defensively, down. amazing offensively, and he can run the bases. He'll steal you bases too. Um, that that one's weird because he's a dirty he's a dirty greaser. Okay, and I figured Nick would show some Italian solidarity with his uh, with, with his buddy. with his kin. But he is a very anti-vax, so you got that working. You know, maybe I mean, that's but maybe that's where Nick's at. Yeah, I mean, he, he does love like, Paul what, Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado. So he does. Yeah. Uh, there's, you know, principles. Principles only make or only matter if you make them make sense to like win an argument or something like that. That's what I've learned. Like <laughs> I was talking uh, about like, um, um, like. Uh, player value between f war and b war and uh i was like uh they're like which one do you like to use he's better here and not as good here i'm like whichever one helps me win an argument that's the one i like using <laughs> so. <laughs> so um okay what do the top 10 uh we got mj melendez jonah heim mm-hmm. cal raleigh kyber wes danny jansen Will Smith is uh, number five. And then number four is Dalton Varsho. Three is Alejandro Kirk. Alejandro. I don't know why I said Alejandra. I think of the uh, Lady Gaga song. Number two, yeah. Wilson Contreras. Um, and number one, uh, I think you should leave man himself, Adley Rushman. Adley. There is... A lot with this list. One, um, MJ Melendez. Varsho. Varsho, Melendez, and James. Kybert Ruiz. Ruiz. Kybert Ruiz doesn't make much sense to me either. Um, no. He was a... I have him as an honorable mention on my list just for, for reference. But Let me look at I wouldn't here. put him in my top ten. Because he was like a, a, like a heralded prospect. And then he gets a full season this past season. You know, hits below average. It's pretty much as average as a catcher can be. So if it's like he's young, he's gonna blossom, sure. But I don't. I think that means he blossoms into like an honorable mention type of player. Let me look at this real quick. Uh, what was his exit metrics here? Did he hit the piss out of the ball? Was he pulled a lot? Let's find out. Um, yeah, his average exit velocity is thirty-three percentile. His barrel's eleventh percentile. I mean, I don't, I don't. His hard hit percentage eleventh percentile. 
So that that's a miss in my um, in my eyes. He doesn't strike out a lot, but he also doesn't walk a lot either. Um, the MJ Melendez thing is also weird to me as well because um, he didn't hit that well as well uh, either. So uh, again, highly touted guy. Maybe he thinks he's gonna like uh, blossom, but I don't think he's gonna. It's more likely he blossoms into an Ani more so than a top 10. I mean, he did have like it, 18 bombs, but who knows? I mean, it it does seem like 4 through 10, like all, all seven of those guys are all like upside guys. Like he's just picked up like the young, like they could have yeah. amazing seasons if it all well, pans right for them. I think Will Smith is rightly like accredited here. Like I think he, he Will is, Smith is easy. I'm just thinking he's top ten, and like Jonah. He's Heim, a young guy. That's yeah. Was. Jonah Heim, Cal Rally, but like I don't like Danny Jansen's a backup catcher. Like like I wanted to put. I thought about putting Jansen in my top ten, but like he ain't gonna play enough, and like his value gets diminished there. The one that like Dalton Varsho, like come on. He's an outfielder. He's an outfielder. He's an outfielder. He near. He's 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 a he should he's a, a plus plus outfielder now. Um, like he had what was his fucking what was his? He should have won a Gold Glove. He had yeah it's right here at eighteen defensive runs saved in the outfield. Why would anyone want to put him behind the plate with that? He caught seventeen games last season. He played forty nine games in right, thirty three in center. Yeah, he's he's an outfielder by a mile. Uh, I don't think you jeopardize a guy that good by putting him behind the ditch. Um, but, I, you know, I did re- find out a fun fact about him, um, you know, because his, his dad was a big leaguer, right? Yeah. And uh, after his last game, um, I forget the date, but basically nine months and one day later, Dalton Varshow was born. Yeah, he. So this, uh, his dad, yeah. his dad yeah. retired and just started busting nuts. And for that, I respect it. Like, you know what? He can he can stay in the list. It's I fine. don't play for the Phillies anymore. <laughs> and he just goes home and he and he goops his wife. That's what he does. He he fucking gooped her. So. <laughs> um. Other than that, I mean, the Wilson Contreras being number two. Cardinals fans, come on. Contreras is top ten, but I top five is really pushing it. Um, I don't. I think it's it's oh it's okay to have a homer pick. I think that's totally as second totally best fine. catcher that's, in the majors. I think it's totally fine, Tom. Don't I'm not going to give your you numbers shit. and your. I'm not going to give you guys shit if we put Goldie or Nolan number one in any sense on that because yeah because. Yeah. They're in the conversation, you know? Yeah, not only in the conversation, you can be like, well, they took home hardware. Be like, well, Freddie Freeman has much war, and Manny Machado was .2 more. I'm like, don't care. They're better. Like, I, that's at least, like, that's that makes sense, right? You can be like that. Those two, those two guys are in the debate to be number one. But Wilson, uh, he's just excited. <laughs> he's an excitable... <laughs> He's just an excitable boy that we didn't get Danny Jansen or Alejandro Kurt or Sean Murphy. And we got we got who he's been clamoring for since August, Wilson goddamn Contreras. Well, it's hey, a better homer been pick than last for, uh... year. It's a better homer pick than last year when you put Yachty in his top ten. 
<laughs> Where did he put Yachty last year? Do you remember that? He was like 10 I or 9. I feel like it was like, okay. And not to be outdone, that's when I was like, Yasmani Grandal is like the best catcher. And then Yasmani Grandal was like, <laughs> said, no, I'm not. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so. Yeah, Tom, yeah, I actually Grandal used is... uh... or Go ahead, Ryan. He's jobless right now, right? Like, he he literally played himself out of the league, I think, last year. Yeah, it's, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mm. think he's still with the White Sox. I think he is. Oh, uh, yeah. And, uh, no, Tom, weren't you Sox. saying, didn't you say last year that if, like, Mike Zunino has, like, a nine like a 900 OPS, you were going to drown Biscuit? Yeah, because Zunino, uh... Zunino had a killer year. <laughs> and, uh, I have never been a Mike Zunino fan, uh, Stan. He, he sucks in my mind. And Zunino posted, like, in 2021, uh, like, an 850 to 900 OPS. And he hit, like, 30 tanks. I'm like, this is an aberration. If he hits anywhere near that, I will fucking drown Biscuit in a in a roadside ditch. And Mike Zunino, ladies and gentlemen, posted, like, a, a 480 OPS. So this cat gets to live <laughs> at least another year. Um, I'll say this. If... Wilson Contreras posts a five-plus war season. Um, I will make Biscuit do the Hornsby Challenge. That's what I will do. <laughs> Just going to pelt her with balls. Yep, shoot balls at her. Be like, you got to do it. It's for a bit, baby. So. We should uh, we should do something like that uh, doomsday clock that they just, like, moved forward 15 minutes, um, but for, like, Mike Zunino throughout the season. Yeah. So it's like... Mike Zanino has an 808 OPS, and he's knocked in 12 dingers at the All-Star break. He's now got the starting job on his team. Let's move it up 30 minutes, boys. He's got <laughs> Contreras has to post a five-war in both B-war and F-war. But um, anyway. Okay, that's Nick's shitty list. Uh, what? <laughs> what's uh, what, Who wants to go next? You guys want to dunk on me? I'll, 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 I'll go. Okay. Just, it just be- it, it uh, better rule. Um, I think it might be pretty similar to Nick's list, so then you can just oh. get this back-to-back. All right, here we go. That, that means our show's in there. Okay. <laughs> Honorable mention. Mm-hmm. Uh, Salvador Perez, okay. Jonah Heim, Christian Vasquez, and uh, Mitch Garver. Okay. My honorable mentionees. Respectable. Number 10. Will Smith. Oh. Okay. Controversial. Um, Number nine, William Contreras. Okay. Okay. Number eight, I got a Jose Trevino. Number seven, Cal Raleigh. Uh, Number six, Tyler Stevenson. Oh. Number five, Sean Murphy. Four, Alejandro Kirk. Oh, fuck. I forgot about Stevenson. Number three, JT Realmuto. God damn it. Number two, Wilson Contreras. And number one, Adley Rushman. That's my list. I'm happy you brought up Tyler Stevenson. I'm going to edit my list because I knew I was forgetting (laughs) motherfucking someone. He raked. Who knows what actually happens again this year? Yeah. No, I'm big on. And I had to, I am. to um, and then 
I felt like the one I had to defend, Jose Trevino was just so good defensively last year. It kind of got hard to pick, like, should I go for defense with catchers or should I just pick guys who rake? Um, but I felt like I had to get Trevino on there just because he was so great defensively. I put hey, um, I put I, I defense I put defensive metrics to as like an important factor, and that's where Trevino is amazing. But like, I left him out of my top ten because defensive catchers, like their best season may be hitting like around 700 OPS, and then they eat shit. I'm saying this because I got burned really bad by Max Stassi, so I am not going to make that mistake again. Trevino doesn't get shit from me until he posts uh, some better hitting metrics than that. He, um, what was his war last year? He was top 10 in terms of F war, but I honestly, God, think he hit way above his weight because his hitting metrics were so bad, dudes. Um, it's kind of, I think it's kind of impressive he hit as well as he did. Um, he, what, a, what was he around, like 680 to 700 OPS, if I remember? Um, he had a, uh, I remember he, go ahead. He went on a home run tear, I remember, like, in the middle of the season. Yeah. Just, my mind telling me it was on ESPN a lot, because they love when the Yankees players do good things. There it is. Um, he had a 671 OPS, and he hit 248. Um, his average exit velocity, there's so much blue here until you get to framing, best ever, doesn't strike out a lot, that's it. And it's all nothing but blue. And I'm like, I cannot, I cannot get stazzied again. So I, I, I wanted to with Trevino, but if he doesn't rake, you saw this with Kyle, H- H- what is it, Higachioka? Am I saying that? I always call him just Higgy. That's what uh, Yankees fans call him. Because they're like, Higgy pushed out Gary Sanchez. He is a great defensive catcher, which he is. But once he started getting everyday reps, he hit like dog shit. And then Trevino took over. Um, thank you for bringing up Tyler Stevenson, though. I knew I forgot someone. Good job, Ryan. Um, other than that, I mean, good list. I think, like, the um, – we'll see We'll see how he does. Because defense is valuable, but, like, it's on the way out, right? Like, um they had, like, another stat for, like, strike zone runs, uh, which is not just framing. It's about, like, you know, one of the worst guys when it came to, like, receiving baseballs as a backstop was Kurt Suzuki. And, like, you know, being able to receive a strike that's near the edge and not lose it um, is, you know, also, you know, they find a way to measure that. I'm like, uh, you're kind of too little too late. The shit's on the way out. So. That was, that, that strike zone rating is a, Fangraphs that, right? Fangraphs one, yeah. Um, if yeah. you're sticking with, like, baseball savant, just stick with framing. I just, Like, I saw the strikes on one, but I didn't incorporate it. I just stuck with framing runs. That's what I did. Okay. Um, everyone's Ooh, got a crush okay. on the on the Adley boy. Okay. Okay. Yep. Mm. Huh. All right. And I'll uh, go ahead and keep that train moving uh, with okay. my list here. What do you got? Um, so, all right. With uh, honorable mentions, I had... Uh, Let's see. We had Danny Jansen. We had a. I did have a Tyler Stevenson in there. Um, I did six of them. Uh, normally I do five, but catchers are weird. So, yeah. Uh, we had Jonah Heim, uh, Kiebert Ruiz, matching Nick there as an honorable, and then four uh, Reese McGuire. Um, mm. 
So, Ooh, he's then, a, uh, you're a believer in the old Reese boy, huh? Oh yeah, we okay. we we love an Irishman. Um, give me that belt. Give me that belt, Joe Rogan. <laughs> Want to choke myself with it? <laughs> oh, Joe no, Rogan, man, I'm gonna, gonna bust. Joe Rogan, that guy say more misinformation about dance trans his way people. To a batting title. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Uh, now my top ten. Okay, ten. Uh, Salvador Perez. Nine. We had a uh, Jose Trevino. Eight. We had William Contreras. Oh. Uh, seven. Seven. We had Wilson Contreras. Okay. Um, six. We had old Cal. Cal with the Mariners. Cal Rally. Um, five. We had Will Smith. Four. We had Alejandro. Uh, Kirk. Uh, three, we had Sean Murphy, another fine Irishman. Um, two, we had Real Muto. And one, we had the ghosts, they're interesting, Adley Rushman. <laughs> the man, the myth, the legend. There's too much fucking shit on me. <laughs> He's the Baltimore Orioles turbo team battery there. Yeah. That's, that's a fine list, Josh. Wish I could say the the same for two others. But, Josh, that's a really good-ass list. Thank you. Ryan, do you want to tear them down? There's there's crumble points on the line. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I would say we had a very similar list, except for my homerism with Wilson Contreras. I I know that's the homerism, so. I had Wilson at seven. Like, I was still going to put him in my top ten and not put him at, like, ten. But seven felt... Fair. Well, Wilson um, Contreras has been probably the best hitting catcher the last five, six years in terms of OPS. So, like, it's not it's not outside to see that and think, oh, that's valuable. And, like, even on a bad season, you're going to get a 700-something OPS and average sure, defense sure. with a good arm, right? So, it makes, like, I – Thought he initially was overrated, but then I realized that catchers just, you know, generally hit like shit. And that if, like, I don't expect Wilson to come here and pop 25 homers. I think he'll be right around 20. I think he might actually be under it because of how Bush Stadium plays. But, like, that's fine. Our fucking catchers hit like shit. They posted negative run value when it came to their offense. Anything from Wilson Contreras is a huge lift. So. Yeah, he's, um, he's I will say rated. though, with with him, it's the little, it's the little fucking injuries. Like he's constantly just like getting, just he's tweaking something. Um, I experienced that last year in fantasy, having mm-hmm. owned him, and it's just like, I mean, it's it, it's not it's nothing major. It's nothing ever major, but it's just like. Okay, so you're gonna miss, you know, maybe three game, three to four games a week every three weeks because, you know, you had your toe got bruised or something like that. You know, stuff. It's, it's probably most it's bad boo-boo. luck. I mean, hey, these fucking players make these goddamn millions of dollars <laughs> and they don't have the heart to show up. Yeah, man. It hurts. <laughs> what is America coming to, boys? Hey, man, pain sucks. Let's just clarify that. Pain sucks. Yeah. I pain get a bad case of love. diarrhea. I don't want to go to work. Like, what? 
What like here in these fucking here in these white collar, blue collar, Oakley sunglasses wearing mofos like complain about like what was what was uh uh in football, Ryan? Um um uh, Lamar Jackson. Um he had like a, he was wearing like a knee brace and he couldn't play because his knees fucked and he sat out yeah. the playoff game for it and people were uh, ragging him for that. I'm like, uh, dude, no, your health's important. You're going to be good for a long time. And the Ravens yeah. will be if they, it was like if they the find same, a way to keep you. Like, come on. The same injury RG3 had. Yeah. And then he chose to play and then it ruined his career. Like, just just don't do that. Yeah. One thing I can say, boys, is fucking Joe Flacco would not Joe have Flacco. sat out that game. Hell yeah. Popping <laughs> a beer to that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Austin, I do love dude, that's my favorite character. Like Stavros's character of that and then oh, calling every backup catcher backup Lamar and then and backup. then we had backup Lamar's backup and 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 he even he was doing pretty good for a while. Ronnie like, from Baltimore. <laughs> we got to get Stav on. He'll come on a podcast that has like 120 people that listen to it. So that's good. Yeah. That's three times our that Twitter following. Incredible. Not relevant, but, you know, that's cool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're ready for my top ten? Yeah. What, Lay it on you, me, Oh, Daddy. no, I'm sorry. Am I putting you out, Ryan? It's just, you know, <laughs> we know yours is going to be the best, Tom. We know that you're, you've toiled over this for... Three weeks now, you've put all the numbers in the generator, and you're like, "What is that? What is the most? How much F war and B war does he have?" I just fucking was like, "I like the way his name sounds," and I wrote it down. Okay, well, um, I made two lists. I forgot I made one when I was in St. Louis, way ahead of time. And uh, the new one I made, I used uh, different things I thought were important. So my old list is dead. So uh, honorable mentions. I didn't hear any of you motherfuckers show any respect to Travis Darno. He is. Uh, I took uh, him off because I don't know what, what, the what fuck team does he play do. for. He plays for the Atlanta Braves, but it didn't stop him. Exactly. Didn't stop him from catching and splitting time with old Willie Contreras. Let's see. Yeah, Christian Vasquez, um, MJ Melendez. I think he'll he'll have a good, uh, good. I would say coming out, but he'll have a better year than normal. Um, uh, Joey Bart, just because it pisses Nick off. Austin Hedges, who is an out of the park uh, baseball legend. I'm only doing it because of my love for OOTP, baby. That's it. And uh, Kiebert Ruiz and Salvador Perez. I don't. I, I like the Reese McGuire one. I think that was a pretty good one. Um, I wanted Thank to believe you, more in Omar Narvaez, but he's kind of. He really took a step back. Um, yeah, he, and he's pretty old now. I mean, he's what 32, 33? Yeah, yeah like, he's he's with. Yeah, he's not going to improve. He's becoming a husk of the player he used to be when he was a man. <laughs> damn it! When guys played hurt with. Torn meniscus. Sorry, and both we know these. about husks. Meniscus. We know about husks because we're a cob cast. <laughs> <laughs> the slobber your knob till you pop your cob cast. 
Number 10, who I always had on there and didn't just put on because Ryan mentioned it, Tyler Stevenson. Number <laughs> number nine. <laughs> number nine, Jonah Hines. Wait, who got, I bu- who got bumped out for Stevenson? Who got bumped out? I bumped out Salvi. Um, okay. Because I was like, I was like, uh, like, I don't like, like Salvi's going to produce, but he's split in time with the youngster. And I'm like, if someone had to go, it has to be him. So. Uh, Stevenson, number nine, Jonah Heim. Number eight, William Contreras. Number seven, Sean, fight you in the streets, Murphy. (laughs) Fight you in the streets and fuck your dad, Murphy. That's right. I'm a gay gangster. What's up, all my gays? How's it going, gays? We're going to rehash that bit from the beginning of the episode. I'm gonna suck you and fuck you the drink again us. Uh, fuck the Rangers, a bunch of pussies. All right, number six, Wilson Contreras. Number five, Will Smith. Number four, Alejandro Kirk. Number three, Adley Rutschman. Number two, JT Real Muto. And number one. Because, surprise, Ryan, I also am a homer. I'm a Mariners homer. Cal motherfucking rally number one, baby. Give me some. Give me some. Um, that's when I initially made it, but I think for brevity's sake, I would put uh, uh, Real Muto one, Rutschman two, and Rally three. But uh, whenever I was uh, making this, I got overcome by the spirit that is Big Dumper. And Cal Rally, Cal Rally spoke to me with his ginormous ass and his major league leading for catchers in home runs and slugging percentage, and uh, he did something else too. I forgot. It must have been having just the best, greatest ass. And I know, I know that's a lot to say considering at one point he was in a division with a man whose ass was a meme for the rest of the season. That was Sean Murphy's ass, but. <laughs> Big dumper. I'm enamored by it. I'm enamored by his barrel percentage, his ability to strike out way too fucking much. <laughs> it was like 30% last year, wasn't it? It was. So the metrics I use for what I what I was looking for in a catcher, the offensive ones like home run and slugging, like really awesome there. Uh, dog shit in terms of hitting, but he, here's the thing about Cal Rowley. He's great at everything except just making contact. He was an awesome defender. His exit velos were insane. So the best exit velocity in the majors. Okay. Cal Rowley was third. He had, he's ball was screaming off his bat at 91 miles per hour for catchers. He had the best barrel percentage. He was uh, top 10 in hard hit. He's just, he had a high launch angle. Um, he was even top 10 in WOBA. And we all know how we feel about WOBA, right, guys? So It's made up. Um, Raleigh will have the following. He will have a top three catcher year, or he will fucking splat against the wall like Mike Zunino. Because his hitting is a lot like Zunino's, his defense is not. And that's a saving grace. He's also 
the Mar he's their Mar he's the committed catcher for the Mariners, so he'll get plenty of times to rectify himself when he's hitting 160 in June. So I am I'm big on him, but um, uh, reality I will swap that around and say Real Muto one, Rutschman two, and uh, Rally three. So. Yeah. One thing I liked about all of our lists is I think we all had Kirk at number four. Did we? Like every single person. I got on the next list again. Yeah. No, Nick had Varsho at number four, I thought. Oh, okay. He had Kirk at three, but we all were like, gotcha. No, he has Kirk is a good defender, and of course, we all know he doesn't strike out, and he hit like 285. So, like. Let's say he sacrifices some contact and raises those strikeout numbers for power even better. I mean, he was a double-digit home run guy. So he has tremendous, um, I wouldn't even say upside. I think of it as like, as like, a, you know, one, like a fucking video game RPG in terms of like what branch you can go to level up on. And Kirk has, I think, the most options. He's not, he, he can do kind of anything with his career. Uh, uh, when it comes to like his offensive prowess, so, but that's our list. Good list. We all like these lists. Um, Indeed. Okay. I like that you put Cal Raleigh on your number one, just for the one Mariners fan who stuck around <laughs> when, we were, when we were briefly a Mariners podcast. <laughs> Damn right, we are loyal. I mean, they're my team outside of here, so I'm gonna be, I'll be watching them. Uh, I'm not sure. I know we got to play that interview, but I mean, the Cardinals, uh, Bally's going bankrupt. It's funny. The Cardinals invested money in it. So no wonder they didn't want to spend a whole lot in free agency. Right. So, um, I guess we'll probably, I mean, the Cardinals will, uh, just play, uh, for local TV stations, like public access and be filmed, but like guerrilla journalism, guerrilla filmmaking. Like, <laughs> William, <laughs> William Friedkin on a scooter going down first baseline, while trying to trying to catch the perfect angle on a on a on a close play. You know, uh, they're gonna they're probably gonna like broadcast to the Arby's app or something. So you gotta download. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta buy a roast beef sandwich to get the code for the game for that day. And now for the Arby's horseradish play of the game. That's that's actually kind of genius, though, Ryan, when you think about it. It's fucking evil, and it's going to lead to the diabetes epidemic in this country growing even worse. But fuck. Bill DeWitt really could do that shit if he wanted to. He really if could. If he wanted to. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. The Cardinals will just play. Their, all their games will be reported like a game of telephone. Their results of their game will just be rumors, is that we'll hear. So I guess we'll just watch the Mariners on on my MLB.com subscription. <laughs> so or yeah, they could just give us MLB.com and get rid of blackouts, and then it wouldn't fucking matter. That would be too easy. Too that easy. Makes too much and sense. Too popular. It makes it's too much sense. It doesn't make rich people rich. Um, I don't know. We're not fucking anyone tonight. We're actually going to turn it over to our interview uh, with uh, with Ella Fritz. I mean, you guys got any final memes? Um, how did Nick die? I know it's an honorable way. AIDS. Um, AIDS. <laughs> oh. Next question. You know. Did he did he put up a good fight against it? Or he was rescuing uh, some cats out of a tree, and the cats had AIDS, and they bit him. Okay, got it. So, anyway, <laughs> enjoy <laughs> enjoy your interview with Ella Fritz, everyone.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Tom here. Uh, welcome. We're doing this is the interview with Ella Fritz. Ella Fritz is a St. Louis comedian. Um, she has a special coming out, and we are very happy to have her on. To, you know, it's always good to have variety to a to a baseball podcast um, that plays itself as being some of the worst human beings. So we're trying our best to rehab our image as decent folk uh, folks. Ella Fritz. Ella. Hi, hello, thank you, thank you, hi. Ella and I... Um, Happy to be here. How long have you been doing comedy? I, I was talking about this with Ryan. Eight years. Eight years. I was like trying to remember because when I did comedy, it was in 2016, so that means you would have started 20, 2014? Yeah, 2014. I started after I graduated high school. What got you into that? I always wanted to. I, I don't know. It was it, the only thing I liked. <laughs> Basically. It was. It was. You know, yeah. Let's be honest here. I get it. We were all, we were all shut-ins. We watched The Simpsons day in and day out, and we we're like, we can. Do oh my this. god! I fucking love The Simpsons. Can we just talk about The Simpsons? <laughs> Please do. I'm not a, a big Simpsons fanatic, but I know whenever I was coming up through the comedy scene, um, I knew if I said anything disparaging about The Simpsons, the alt scene would 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 kill me in the streets. So now the alt scene, the younger people in the alt scene, they're like, um, I saw more Family Guy in South Park, which is fine. I guess, okay, whatever, yeah. whatever, idiots. Ugh, what? There's, there's old in the same way that the Cardinals are big parts of uh, Fritz family lore. Mm-hmm. So are the Simpsons. There's a, uh, there's an old video of me. I'm like two months old, and my dad's holding me, and he's like, my daughter and I are watching a Lisa and Homer episode of The Simpsons. This is how I'm bonding with my child. <laughs> okay he says it directly to it like what is that uh, was yeah. he go- was it going to be issued in court be like if someone were... <laughs> you're not spending My enough time just with your to daughter <laughs> <laughs> it then cuts to me not on his lap he's holding his guitar and he's like jamming into the simpsons theme song that's good wait he was playing the simpsons it's... theme yeah, my dad knows how to, uh, my dad has been in bands for a long time. We're, oh, we're shit. a semi-artsy family. There's, oh, okay, yeah. so I, so we're, half of my family is very Catholic. Like, we mm-hmm. come from, like, real Catholic roots, and then the other side is really into art. Oh, nice. So you're either going to have somebody who loves art or... A repressed artist. Loves, 
Yeah, exactly. Ah, <laughs> uh, you're the next Hitler. I get it. Okay, yeah, yeah. that's how we do it. Um, you would really bond well with Josh. Josh came from a, a, a Catholic family. He's from. He went to school in Notre Dame around here, and uh, oh, uh, Josh is one of our co-hosts. I forgot to mention that. Um, oh yeah, yeah. You, you have would, so many fucking co-hosts. Yeah, we. It's a good. It's a good thing to have like revolving out because whenever a guy needs like off, we're like, oh, whatever, we got it here. Whereas, like, um, yeah. when we had, like, a three-man crew and one of us was on there, and I'd have to talk to one of these fucking troglodytes. Ugh. Ugh. Man. Well, Don't worry, I say this to them in person and when they're asleep, because I'm roommates. I'm assuming. <laughs> well, I didn't assume sleep. I I appreciate the devotion. <laughs> yeah, it is. So, but uh, Josh told us, like, a, a Catholic horror story where... It was like, you know, I'm not really feeling Catholicism anymore, and I don't know if, like, mm-hmm. I want to get, like, uh, um, I can't remember what it was. It was, like, a like a baptismal thing or something like that, and his mom was, told him, like, hey, if you don't do this, we're going to, I'm going to unenroll you from the school where all your friends are. I'm like, Jesus Christ. You're going to make <laughs> him start all over? Have you, I got. I'll send you a picture of what Josh in high school looked like, but he is... The kid wouldn't have survived public school, let's just say that. They would have ate him alive. They would have gobbled him up. Okay. I went to a Catholic school from preschool through eighth grade, and mm-hmm. sixth through eighth grade specifically was when all the other kids were like, we don't want to be friends with this girl anymore. <laughs> uh, <that's... laughs> they were like, you know, you know her? Let's just, let's just like not talk I, to her. I really have a crush on Jeremy, and you come in and be like, Ned Flanders really gets my oyster <laughs> boiling. And be like, okay, Ella. <laughs> Oh my god. Hardly diddly do, ladies. <laughs> so my things in middle school, my things were The Simpsons mm-hmm. and also The Office and Arrested Development. Those were like my three big ones. And then also Purity Ring era Disney Channel. So like so like Miley Sue Su- Hannah Montana. Lizzie bleh, McGuire, um, I guess. Lizzie McGuire is not necessarily in that era. I would uh, count it from like too fucking old. Like Oh my god. Because they never made um, Hillary Duff be like, "Hi, I'm Hillary Duff. I'm a virgin." I think that's partially because she was dating the good Charlie guy. They were like, "We can't convince anybody she's a virgin." Can't do that to old Lizzie. But that was like that. That was what you ingested then. Was uh, that era? Yeah, and everyone. So it was uh, so like Miley Cyrus, Selena Gomez, Demi Lovato, and the Jonas Brothers all would go into like. Oh my! I didn't think they were hot. You like, didn't, wait, sorry, I what? Okay. <laughs> I didn't oh, think, okay. Never mind. Yeah, I didn't no, think they were no, hot you're good. for a you're long time. You're not on trial here. <laughs> <laughs> but no, they would all go to goddamn Tiger Beat magazine, and they'd be interviewed and be like, yeah, we're waiting for marriage. And then they were all friends with each other, and they were all having sex with each other. Oh, and my that's, God. I was just really into it. Hell, yeah. In, in the long time. I mean, I didn't know that they were having sex with each other, but, like, come on. You watch the Set It On music video where they're all singing about saving the earth together. There were some fucking drenched pussies, hard cocks in there. Dude, you know there were. They were squishing pissers, man. That's what. It, that's they. What... Ha- they were. <laughs> Miley and Demi recently um, admitted that they had sex with each other during that era. Oh my god, you follow this? Hold on, what is it? The Miley who? Hold on, we're going. Miley C- Cyrus and who? Miley Cyrus and Demi Lovato had sex. Had That's the end of the story. Sex. Hold on, I gotta take off my parental block. Oh, I gotta... <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, First yeah. thing so... I see is from Mir.com UK. 
Miley Cyrus hints that she and Demi Lovato were gay as fuck. Hell yeah. That's what's up. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, I know. I mean, they both of them are openly... I think they both consider themselves pan. I, I don't want to put words on anybody's mouth. I love pan people. Oh, God. Like, I'm afraid I'm... A, I thought we were meant... But I have still not even, like, taken the time to educate myself between that. But I, I do get... Yeah, I get the vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good enough. Good Perfect. enough. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So back to back to what I was at Queen of Peace. Um, I went from uh, Catholic school from preschool through eighth grade. I had a terrible time in Catholic school and towards the end. So I went to the local public school. And uh, it's the same thing that I had back at Queen of Peace mm-hmm. where, like, nobody wanted to be my friend. Turns out it works for 20 people and 2,000. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> like he's going to school be like please guys like i'm i will i will do your homework i'll pay you money <laughs> i will give you money i just need i just need something for god's sake i just need something it's, genuinely yeah i uh um, i became friends with people on tumblr and shit but you know what i mean man. sorry well i had like shitty rural internet so I had to. I had to talk to all these, all these rednecks and hicks, and like, um, um, I got really wrapped up into, um, into, uh, I guess it's like Baptist, uh, General Baptist, but like I went to like a really hardcore de- non-denominational church and became a crazed fundamentalist Christian that took me years to deprogram myself from, and like. Man, if I had like an if I had that sweet DSL hookup, not not dick sucking lips. I mean, I mean like internet connection. No, okay? yeah. you, know you already about? have those. But I anyway. do, I do. I they're very plush and and kissable. They're like Andrew Tate. Wait, speaking of him, um, they're like we're oh. we're we're an anti Andrew Tate podcast. Hope that's clear. But that guy I, has the oh my biggest kissable gay lips I've ever seen in my life. No, he looks like he'd be a gay icon if not for the whole human trafficking yeah, thing. Yeah, he, he's, I think he's a bottom. He's totally a bottom. Oh my that god, a fucking those, power bottom. He looks dude. like, he looks like he has, like, lube permanently sealed in his taint to squeeze in his ass. He's just <laughs> rocking ready to roll. Yeah, it's like a button above his navel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's like a ro- lubricating, lubricating for your pleasure. So, and if they and oh, go ahead. So, uh, no, you go. I was gonna make another joke about how Andrew Tate's head looks like you can like hump your your clit on it and you can come, and that's the only way a woman would get off with him. I like this, but anyway, uh, no, no, no. I like this. I like Duncan and Andrew Tate. Anyway, I grew up a fundamentalist Christian, uh, but no, oh. Andrew Tate does have a vibrator looking brain. I do agree. That don't. Yes. Oh my god. Super yeah. polished. When he got arrested, he was doing those pouty like kissable duck lips too, and I'm like, I'm like. I don't. I, I've never experiment, uh, experimented with being gay, but Andrew Tate's got me acting up here. Okay, he's looking like a snack. He's looking like a double wide surprise out there. But unfortunately, I recommend doing some gay shit. It really it rules. It. Yeah, I need to. I need to. You know, I need oh to just my kiss my best friend on the lips when he's not. I actually already do that. My favorite thing to do to uh, do to my best bud Tyler. You remember Tyler? You remember him? Remember oh, coming, I know, I know Tyler. Coming up with the Cape Girardeau guys, he would just stumble into the nearest, the nearest bar, Mike, in downtown St. Louis. Tell their, tell their, super highbrow jokes. Yeah. Um, my favorite thing now to do to Tyler is when he's doing like his his mic at Blue Strawberry, or if he's out, 
and another one. Um, and he's like with a group of people and I don't know them. I will uh, mm-hmm. announce to them like, hey, y'all want to see some gay shit? And I will grab his face and try and kiss him on the mouth is what my new thing is. Oh my god! It is sometimes. Sometimes, sometimes you say things, and I'm like, I'm so glad I'm not a man. Jesus Christ! I, we are an aggressively pro LGBTQ <laughs> My thing is, I have friends oh, who man. are like, I'm straight. Wink. And then sometimes we'll get drunk at a party and like show each other our tits or make out a little bit, and then they go back to their idiot improv boyfriends and i'm Ugh. like thanks Ugh. i say idiot very compassionately yeah, yeah they're lame they don't eat box those boyfriends they're all missionary they ain't doing they ain't doing the hard work oh hell no they don't know how to I've... really love a woman to be honest <laughs> they don't know how to a to c they don't uh, yet they don't know how to do that so. <laughs> wait I, uh, so you do improv what's up you do improv yeah okay I've been doing improv longer than I've been doing stand-up. I've been doing that for nine years. Your school have... Okay, so you did improv when you were in high school then? Uh, not at high school. I did a, uh, a summer camp at Second City the summer before Ooh. my senior year. Okay. It was really fun. I loved it. Uh, my dad and I drove to Chicago together. Um, and then he worked. He works from home. He's worked from home since I was like 11. So he did all of his work from like the Chicago... like little places like he'd go to like the bean or whatever the shit mm. and then i would like do improv games with people who don't talk to me anymore oh and i was like this is this is what i've meant to do this is the only thing that i like doing and i can do it i fall in love with my art and i alienate the people i, f- I love i fell in love with my art and i tried yeah and then i did it this next year too yeah um after i graduated high school improv. and then i did class at the shop improv seems pretty cool I always like it would always get made fun of. I feel like in the, in like the comedic lexicon, I guess in the same way that you and I, when we weren't on here, were making fun of theater kids. But like, yeah. I see it. I see it. I see a value to it. I see that's fun. I think I, I like it. I think it's. I think it's. Oh, fun. Yeah. It's a fine art form. There's probably less creeps in it, is there? Um, it, I feel like the thing is you can kind of suss out the creeps a little faster because vulnerability is so important. So, yeah. like, I mean, it's not like we've never had creeps, but it's like, yeah, yeah. like, it's like, oh, the person who hit on me when he was 32 and I was 20 Good. also sent dick pics around. I'm oh. shocked. I can't believe he's not here anymore. Wow. Well, you mean to tell me that's not... To send that around for people who don't ask, that's not cool? Yeah, sorry. It is, the worst part is when you attach um, a voice memo that says, this is why girls won't fuck me. <laughs> well, it was just too small? What What was wrong with it? Why, I, I, I guess know it was small. Logic, I'm, guess. I'm, I am very, I'm very grateful this is why chicks that won't. I did not see this dick. <laughs> this is why chicks won't fuck me. It's got a swastika on the helmet. Is that what it is? <laughs> <laughs> My black son looking penis right here. No one's, no one's really into all, into all, into the things I am. I got 1488 tatted on one of my scrotes. <laughs> His ball hair spells out, um, work will set you free. Yeah, that's, our minus mic on it is what it does. Yeah, no one wants to be with me and my Nazi balls. <laughs> <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.
<laughs> oh god that would be now that's comedy right there hey that's something no. that's something you might see in the simpsons let me tell you <laughs> fucking hire me man come on where you got uh, matt groaning i james l brooks fucking, yeah jimmy ellie brook jimmy jimmy l brooks jim jimbo jim jim jimmy jim <laughs> hire ella diversify Please. your workforce you know thank you i'm here it can't I'm an ally. <laughs> Did you know Pete Holmes wrote an episode of The Simpsons like two seasons ago now? Oh shit. Yeah. It's a it's a Reverend Lovejoy um, spotlight episode and Pete Holmes surprise plays a new hip pastor that comes to town. What is his I I watched Crashing, but the last time I didn't even finish the whole thing. I only watched it for like a for like a season of it way back in when I was work when I first started when I started my current job and was working in St. Louis off and on. And like, I have really kind of like detached from, from comedy in general. Like is Pete Holmes yeah. good? Is he a creep? I haven't heard anything about him. No, like, Yeah. He's, he's I've never heard anything creepy about him. I think boy. part of it is like, first off girls think he's hot. Every woman that I know that's done stand up, I've been like, Hey, Pete Holmes is hot. And they've been like, yeah, probably. Or yeah, definitely. Pete Holmes is bonkers hot. He's six foot seven. He's got blue eyes. He's an Aries. His wife is like ten years younger than him. They have a kid. I'm a I okay. He, he doesn't come I, off as fucking miserable. He doesn't come off as fucking miserable. Dalton actually had this theory a while ago yeah. where like, because Pete Holmes' comedy is like a lot of like, I think everything's magic kind of thing. But like, it, when he goes to like when he goes to his wife or his friends or something, he's just livid about everything. That's when he's like, what the fuck is this? Like, that kind I of have thing. a fucking image, goddammit. Or he's like really yeah. terrible to people, like like service workers or whatnot. But like, hey, it's you. Oh, you did the Batman thing. He's like, eat my ass. I want my chilies, <laughs> cheese fries. Like just something crazy Honest like to God. That. Yeah. Honest to God, this sounds like a Pete Holmes joke. Because it's just the... <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I I, could... I also think that the best thing he ever did was the Pete Holmes show, his talk show on TBS from 2013 through 14. Mm-hmm. So it's like all my senior years that that uh, is the the Pete Holmes show. There's one where he's like a therapist, and but also his therapist is like... The therapist is trying to hit on the client and being like... Oh no! I bent over. Here's my ass, and then it cuts him, and like, whatever the hell. Um, what's that thing called? Fetish wear. Fetish wear. I like that. That's good. Yeah, no, it's. It, I mean, it it escalates well. It's very. Um, it's very Key and Peele is the most popular comedy on right now, sort of thing. His comedy never struck me as mean, and like. No. I uh-uh. that that's something. That's something I struggled with, especially early on, and I don't, I don't know, I don't know how, if if women comics, like you know, when it comes to like I'm gonna write edgy jokes, of course I gotta say something about race or you know I gotta make a, I gotta be the I gotta write the first bold rape joke out there that gets a standing O, you know, like just dumb edgy shit like that where it's like, or like. Uh, the whole premise is is that someone said something like, um, you know, uh, that could be vaguely misconstrued, and you just call him like a dumbass for like five minutes. It's like, it's hard to write humor that I think is not, not is not like very calloused and and mean. And I really kind of respect Pete's Pete's writing for that. 
Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And, like, I know that I went through a phase where I was just on going on stage and being really angry at, like, the way people treated me. Oh, like, God. Can we tell the, so, the Tripoli story? Oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I forgot about oh, that. Oh, folks, this yeah. is a treat. So, the first... One of my first interactions with Ella here, okay? I had heard, because um, in Cape, I ran a, a small independent comedy scene, so I would book, like, monthly shows. So I'd have comics come down if I liked them, like, who who do you recommend? Or where, what mics they format so I can go see them and bring my buddies and see what we think. Um, and uh, I think it was J.C. Sabala. J.C. recommended you. Um, oh! J.C.'s sweet. He's such a great network. J.C.'s the fucking shit, He's dude. He's a sweet boy. He's um, somebody who would, like... You feel like you earn something when he likes you. I yeah, I would say so. He um I respected and I respect it. The thing I liked, I cherished most uh, in terms of like compliments when I did comedy was not my act, which is something I feel like I wish I would have would have got would have would have would have got more on or had written in a way that was more accessible that JC was very complimentary on how we ran a show and what we what we made out of being like in a podunk town. And he was always a really good advocate for that. He is, he is a great guy. Uh, whenever I would do door guy stuff at Laughing Gas and he'd come by, I always try to make sure I worked a night there or I came up and saw him on there. So, um, Oh, sorry, I got sidetracked. Um, we were talking about comedy meanness, writing. Uh, oh, no. The, the Tripoli story. Okay, so my only interaction with you, I was at Helium and I saw you perform and I was like, this chick's funny. And uh, then um, there was, a, it was at Wild Card. And uh, yeah. Sam Tripoli, who is a, you know, traveling comic. He has his own show. He's, he's known. Decided to pop in, which is a nice thing to come to a local mic to do performance. And Ella fucking killed him. It, I will let you tell the rest. I okay. love this. So so he did I so I didn't realize that he was somebody who was like a headliner because a lot of his the jokes that he was trying are very like it's the first joke you kind of think of like Yeah. What what if what if Jesus was a stand-up comedian? I remember for sure that was one of his premises. And then I he was bombing, understandably. Wild cards mm-hmm. are also a famously difficult open mic to do. Um, and I was sitting, not the front front, but like near the front. So it's like a shotgun style thing where like the stage is in the front, like when you open the door and then there's all, there's booths down the way. And I was sitting in one of the booths closer to the stage and I like rolled my eyes at something he said. And then he called me a drunk bitch. (laughs) And I was like. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yup. Not good. Um, Not not a good way to start. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> and I think he said some other shit, too. Just He just went real aggro with me. Like, he's not, like, a... He, he could... If if neither of us knew any, like, kind of, like, extra fighting or Taekwondo, he could probably, like, you know, hurt me. I'm, I'm very short, and at this time I was very, very um, petite and not as muscly as I am now, because I'm butch as shit. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So JC saw this and how he was just kind of like coming at me from where I was standing. And he, and JC comes up and he's like, 
you're going next, right? And I was like, yeah. And then I went on stage and I just laid into the guy. I just went, you are stupid. I'm not drunk. Look at this. And I held up that my beer was mostly full. I, I just, I, and then <laughs> I don't remember everything. I had. Quentin Wilbur later said that he didn't think that I was doing that well. But I think that just by proxy of me being on stage uh, made me cool. Anyway, I got off stage and Sam Tripoli comes back to me and he says, hey, do you want a guest set? You bullied him into a guest set. This travel. I didn't even get to do the guest, the punchline. I didn't even get to do the guest set because the only time that it would have worked was when I was a bridesmaid at my cousin's wedding. Oh, God. You throttled a nationally touring and then, comic. <laughs> and then I fucked his feature. What? <laughs> yes, I did. Oh, God. Can we name names? I don't know. Can we? Mm, oh. I'll tell you, but I might change my name and a- or change my mind and ask you to edit it out. His name is. Oh, I don't okay. think he's doing. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if he's doing stuff now. Last I saw, he. What the hell, dude? Is that Sorry, cats? there's a dog. It's a dog. His name's Frosty. He's so silly. Oh, but that's why I didn't have my computer. Yeah. Is because it was at my apartment. I'm dog sitting for Tom Brown. Frosty oh. is Tom Brown's dog. I have dog. Tom Brown on uh, next week. We're going to talk football. So. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Tom. I... Yeah. So. No, yeah. Last I heard, works at a casino. I don't know if he's around. Or does anything. Yeah. But then another comic came through, and I mentioned this story, and then she was like, I also had sex with and Ooh. we high-fived, and it was very bonding. Oh, hell I, yeah. yeah. I think I might be the St. Louis comedy slut, but I'm not sure anymore. Nothing wrong with that. You should have, like, one up yeah. her and be like, yeah, but I fucked her before you. She's like, when? He told me he <laughs> fucked you first before, while I was fucking him. Mm, yes. <laughs> Um, let's talk about your special. Um, you have a special coming Sweet. out. You recorded it November, if I remember? Yes. November, yep, November, November 5th. Yeah. At, uh, at the improv shop. Oh, the improv shop. God damn it. I remember those days. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hachi oh. machi. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well. It was. Yeah, yeah. It was good. Thousand? It was really good. It, I, 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 it was packed to the gills. I think that. The fire department's like, you can't have more than 200 people in here at a time. There was, I mean, I don't know if there was 200. I didn't take the time to count. That's awesome. But, like, a lot of my family came up. Um, my best friend, Mal, who lives in Long Island, she flew into St. Louis to see it. What a fucking awesome um, friend. I know. I mean, she wanted to visit anyway, but, like, she still came to see me. And she also wanted to see Sarah Silverman the next week, so I guess it worked out for everybody. She was really there um, for you. Sarah who? Yeah, no, yeah. Sarah. Well, I mean, she, Sarah Silverman lives in, what, Connecticut? Mel could see her any time. Yeah. And I think I said this to you off mic. Uh, my friend Courtney, who I went to see her special, Courtney Warner's special. You should look it up. She's cool as hell. Courtney's really um, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I went to see hers, and she was gonna see mine, but she ended up having to work, so she sent me flowers the day of. Like, it was just, I don't know. I'm talking about the things that people have been nice to me about. God. Because I've, I've done comedy. Women are so supportive of their friends. Yeah, Ugh. I have rules, dude. Oh, God. My friends all forgot whenever I had my big break. <laughs> yeah, I My I friends totally sent me death threats either, and doxed me. That's what my friends did. <laughs> 
I've never been doxxed, but I've received a lot of death threats on stage. Like a lot. What's um what what's the name of the title of the of the special? Um, it's We Should Write Together. We should write together. Why, it's why comedian that? Netflix and chill. Ah. It's comedian Netflix and chill, yeah. Ah, and okay, okay. so the idea is half of it or part of it, I don't I didn't keep time. I didn't time my own special. What do you think I am? A professional? Fuck no. Uh, Fuck no. <laughs> part of it is stand up, mm. and then part of it is a one woman show that I wrote. Um, okay. I started writing it in 2020 because I don't know if you know this, but I was going to film a movie in August of 2020. And then, no, I didn't, <laughs> obviously. Yes, yeah, I big it. happened. Um, what was it? Um... The Dodgers oh, won God. the World Series again. Baseball podcast, everyone. <laughs> yeah, that was so that was so shocking to me. And then, oh yeah, the world caught on fire. That's what it was. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And damn it, if it still ain't burning bright. So you had that avenue cut off, and you wrote. Did so? You saying you wrote this during twenty twenty then? Yeah, I started. There were a few options that I had that I, I wanted it to be like something that I wrote. To be like a movie or something. Okay. But I wanted it to be smaller so I didn't have to do all the movie stuff. And um, Liz Zirkle, who might be a friend of the podcast, she's Jeremy's wife, but also more importantly, she's a, a com- she's a romance novelist and podcaster. So when I told her oh. these things, she was like, "What if you what if you wrote it as a podcast?" So I started writing it as a podcast so that I could do and made all the characters really small so I could do their voices or whatever I could. I could make it clear of who each person was, and then it became smaller and smaller, and I realized I could make it like a storytelling podcast, and I thought slightly bigger because vaccines were available, and I wrote it to be um, <clears throat> a uh, one-woman show. I was going to submit it to Fringe this year, mm-hmm. uh, and I wasn't sure if it was ready because I'm, I'm kind of a perfectionist about a lot of things, uh, but then I saw some of the things that did get into Fringe, and I was like, it was ready. Yeah. Yeah, no, I get that. Yeah. Um, mm. So we have what? So half of it stand up, half of it is is. I mean, what what is like a one person show? Then I guess a play. I guess a, a sketch, a skit. Basic. Yeah, I would say play. It's a play, right? It's a monologue, a soliloquy. I don't know. I learned that in I learned that in English. So what yeah. you have here. I don't know why I thought this, but I think I'm gonna sound like an ass when I bring it up. It reminds me of uh, Neil Brennan's Three Mics. That's what it kind of reminds oh, me. Oh yeah. Of. So um, his. I don't know if his would be more like a one-person show in that aspect, but in terms of like tonal shifts about here's haha funny time, here is haha art time, or haha serious time, something like that. And I I really like that. I I can't I cannot wait until it's available so I can hear it because. Uh, um, I can only imagine, um, uh, I, I really, I really like, I guess, I guess terms juxtaposition here. I really like, um, you know, uh, the concept of, uh, uh, of your manic, um, uh, presentation when it came to like stand up, and maybe it's different from when I last, uh, was able to come up and see you, but every time no, you, same. every time you would go up, I'm like, here we 
fucking go, dude. Strap in. We're gonna <laughs> Ella, Ella. Ella's gonna burn someone to the ground or, or burn us all to the ground here. And I always love that. It was never dry. It had it was so kinetic. And so we combine like this, like uh, you know, you have you have half the show in terms of just like this kinetic exploding star. Now off. Now now you have like the the one person show now. Like what? So yeah. so walk me through like the one person show then. Um, is it okay? What, what, what's the setup here? Sorry, I'm I'm gabbing too much. No, you're fine. So the concept is, this was one of the things that I thought could be a movie that like happened in my real life. But when I was 21, I did a comedy festival in Nashville, and I hooked up with a comedian there, mm-hmm. and that's basically the short version of it. Um, and I had a lot of like feelings for this person, and I was a much better comic than them too. But I liked the setting of it being a comedy festival. I liked that it was a city so interesting as Nashville. And they don't do this festival anymore. But every year they would break the world record for longest comedy show. Yeah. Uh, so it took about eight days total for them to perform. So they needed like Guinness um, officials there. And I know a little bit more about Guinness not being like super official anymore. But they were like, we need two Guinness officials per um per whatever they can switch out as whenever they want but two guinness officials every for the whole time yeah so this person was one of the guinness officials he had only been doing comedy for six months or something um so yeah obviously it was better and then i also got into a car accident on the way there so i talked about getting into the car accident and i needed somebody to drive me because i didn't have like a car that was street legal anymore so i leaned on him and i leaned on like my friends who were living there, that's actually where I met Courtney, was this uh, special, or festival. Jesus Christ, Ella. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I do the uh, special, I I get off stage, I'm done doing my stand-up, and I'm like, all right, that's it, see you later, everybody. And then I walk off. <laughs> and then I was hoping it'd be just dead silent, but then I could hear my dad chanting my name in the back of the room, and I was like, God damn it, you little geek. You but I didn't say it, father. I just... Oh my god. I, I didn't know those existed. Nope, nope, definitely not. <laughs> because cause my dad has always been very, like, critical about everything in my life. Ooh. And then I then I find out, like, later, like, from, like, a third person, like, oh yeah, he loved that show. He was laughing his ass off the whole time. Hell yeah. Crazy. I know, right? Goddamn um, right, man. Yeah. So I get off stage, so I come back on the stage. There's like doors on the improv shop main stage. So I leave one of the doors and I go in through the other and I'm like, wow, I'm home. And then I sit down and I kind of talk to the audience more flea bag style, I think is the best way to put it. Mm-hmm. Um, I try, I took some influences from like broadcast news too. Um, just in like the way that I wanted the tone to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. How long? Yeah. So you, it's a, it's a, it's a marathon. Then it sounds like a real endurance. Yeah, stuff. it's, a, yeah, it's a whole hour. God damn! And it comes yeah. out in say in March. March fifteenth. Yeah. Cannot. There's a. Cannot wait to check it. You out. can't. Um, there's a release party at Heavy Anchor. Oh hell um, yeah! Yeah. I will, I put it on myself. I. I will definitely come up and catch it up at Heavy Anchor. I miss going to that place. So. 
I'm not. I'm not gonna show it at the heavy. Anch- I don't think I'm gonna show it at the heavy anchor. I don't want to watch my no, own those face. Please you know? have to pay for this art. Let's get it's in, free, in, Tom. In Come on, no, it's free. No, we are no, we are now shifting from being a, a a lefty pod to a strictly anarcho-capitalist pod. So all we're going to talk <laughs> about now is the free market and eliminating the age of consent. Okay, welcome. <laughs> Literally, I'm just putting it on YouTube, man. <laughs> I'm not even going to get AdSense from it because I use copyrighted music. Yeah. I might actually get AdSense from it. I don't know how it works. I just I just watch like a bunch of like really angry fucking bread tubers where they're like AdSense. And I'm like, I just want to listen to you talk about your stuff. You're so pretty, you know? Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, I love ContraPoints, but God damn it, she's going to takes it takes her forever to make a video. Wait, which bread tubers? Oh, do you my like God. Them? I mean, yeah, ContraPoints. Yeah. Um, I miss Lindsay Ellis. I know, she got bullied the, off. The classic ones. Big Joel, an H-Bomber guy. Yeah. Um, yeah so I, that's where you probably picked up the Guinness thing. It's from H-Bomb, right? Exactly, yeah. yeah. The fucking he had Tommy Tallarico, goddammit. <laughs> fucking Tommy Tallarico. Tommy Tallarico. Then, okay, if I... Are you aware, just because this is somewhat within this sect, are you aware of the eight-hour iCarly deep dive on YouTube? What? Okay. What the fuck did you just say? (laughs) Eight-hour iCarly. This is the only thing I've watched for, like, two years. So, the YouTuber's name is Quint Reviews. Okay, hold Um, on. (laughs) What? Uh, I gotta see it with my eyes. iCarly eight-hour. Oh, my God. So... There's two of them that total oh up to eight God. hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! The failure of Victorious. Five and oh. a half hours. I dude, binge, I eat I this ca- shit. Up. Oh my God, dude! I do too, but holy shit! <laughs> no, this is like exactly what content i've been looking for i never understood why people got into like ken burns or anything until quentin fucking reviews came up on the scene why not i love these videos so what it is to me when i'm looking at this okay so okay okay please please it's it's a pod it's like a podcast like and a podcast i listen to is like blowback you know okay where, and we're we tr- we're trying to do something with our pod on it too where we make like an episodic you know like we like, I'm in the middle of writing two big-ass scripts that uh, one of them's going to be about three or four hours. The other one's going to probably go on forever. But, like, so that's what I'm kind of looking at. It's, it's, like, it's episodic. I see it's, like, queued up into ten chapters. But, like, I the editing portion on my end, Ella, is some audio. This motherfucker, I, I'm not, I don't have to click on it. I know he's got to pull clips. He's got to have himself in there. He probably has some jokes, some memes, some other audio clips. He probably has, he's like, uh, you know, he's probably got a shit ton of news articles he's got to put in there. Oh, yeah. You basically watched the whole thing. Yeah. How did you have fucking 24 hours condensed into 30 seconds? I can, like, I'm looking at this and, like, I can feel, like, I literally feel (sighs) a blood blood vessel about to burst. It's not even like I'm annoyed, but I'm just... (laughs) I can't, I can't comprehend it, man. I'm staring. I, it's, I guess it's the abyss. Five. He's got two of them. He's got five. Fucking. How many? I gotta click on his page. Okay, so keep feeding me this. Keep feeding, keep feeding me this stuff right here. What it? 
Keep okay. What your yeah. your love your love your love for content like this? Oh my god! Yeah, I just I've I I've needed in my veins. I grew up with iCarly. Like okay. I always thought it was cool because like even I don't know some another YouTuber summed this up pretty well when Jeanette McCurdy's "I'm Glad My Mom Died" come out that came out this year. Yeah, uh, where like. 90s Nick, they weren't like scared of having girls that were a little bit aggressive, like an Angelica Pickles or a Helga Pataki. But Angelica and Helga are just like whole ass bullies. Like they're empathetic, but they are just like mean a lot of the time. Yeah. Sam is mean, but she's also like a genuinely good friend, and she goes through like like evolutions. And same with Carly, is she like she goes from being somebody who's like really anxious and tied up and like misses her dad. And then in the finale, spoiler alert, Mm -hmm. um, she uh, goes to see her dad in the military and goes with him to Italy. And kills him. (laughs) (laughs) I wish, bro. I fucking wish. That's what I've heard that the uh, Paramount reboot is about, her killing her dad. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm looking at this guy's history, and it's like what I would expect from like a bread tuber, like 30 to 40 minute videos, like, you know, him... How documentaries lie to you, bad Nazi documentaries, largest Garfield plush, and then the last <laughs> viewers, viewers, the the hundred people that listen to this, we hit Requiem for a themed McDonald's, his last five episodes, three and a half hours, almost five, three and a half, five and a half, eight fucking hours, and another five. What this guy is a madman. They in his second channel, he has a so each video there's um. There's um, intermissions between seasons, so it'll be like, here review season one. Here's a little intermission about the culture. Season two, intermission about the culture. Yada, yada, yada. Oh, my um, God. He made a video that's all the intermissions, and it's also another eight hours. I. So that's what I, like, listen to when I'm, like, making breakfast or cleaning my cat's litter box. I, I, God. Like, I took, like, I, I've taken, like, a couple, like, like, autism spectrum test and have scored you know i've scored on the spectrum and i'm like oh okay so i can see like i have you know i have these tendencies i have these qualities and whatnot and like i'm looking at this guy i'm like i all i see him as is i i feel like i want to be the the corporations and avatar and he's pandora i want to harvest i want to <laughs> harvest this dude's autism so bad right now I want to put a fucking tube into him. I want to slurp it out. I'm like, I want the shit he has. Because, like, I got to drink, like, two big cups of coffee. I'm like, I'm in the mode. I can write. I can I can do this research. I can get I'm like, he's pounded out eight hours on iCarly. Get the fuck out. What am I doing with my life? Oh. Hey, iCarly has a lot to talk about, though. I'm so serious. And I, there were a lot of takes that I had when I premiered. And then he's the one coming in here. And I'm like, thank you. Finally, somebody who gets it. I also, instead of calling myself autistic, I like to say that I've got a touch of the tiz. A touch of the tiz, miss. A touch, touch of the, the tiz. In. Going down to the turd chest and I have a point in a cup of the tiz. So. <laughs> okay. I just wanted to shoehorn that in real quick. <laughs> thank you. But yeah, I'm going, that's like. I'm going to use that. We, My friends and I say it's the. I have the tism, but I like a touch of the tiz. That that seems more endearing. <laughs> okay, we I thought of it while stoned. <laughs> we gotta we gotta wrap up. Um, you got ah. you got any final memes? What do you, you got? Any more you want to plug? What do you got? 
Um, if you are in Arkansas from uh, March eighth through the tenth, I will be in. I will be in Northwest Arkansas. I'll be in Rogers, Fayetteville, and Springdale on different days. Um, and so, when do you think this is going to come out? Because there's something that I'm Tomorrow. not to announce till Wednesday. Yeah. Okay. Shit. Fuck. Okay. Well, never mind then. <laughs> Well, you text it to me. I'll put it on our Twitter, and uh, I'll, I'll make Sweet. sure get, I, or we'll shout it out on when we record next. We record next on Wednesday, and I can just scream that out if you want. So. Big chillin', <laughs> love that. It's it's very exciting. Excellent. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, folks. That's Ella Fritz. Everyone, Ella, thank you for coming on. This has been an excellent, excellent interview. Thank you so much for having me, Tom. I really appreciate it. <laughs>